the nature of your emergency. Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, joined by Detective Walton. Clint, how are you? I'm good. Now, Clint, you have a lot of experience when it comes to internet crimes um, against children. And in saying that, you also have a lot of exposure to some of the tendencies that come along with human trafficking. And I wanted to talk about a massive problem that is growing, not only in our country, but in particular within our state. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. There was, um, here in California, there's a sheriff's department called SAC Sheriffs, and they had posted something that it just so happened to stop on. And I'm going to read this post here. It says, it's with immense disappointment and frustration that we update on one of our 16-year-old girls that was rescued in last month's human trafficking operation. She's once again being exploited. Despite being rescued and the resources that are availed to her, plus the outpouring of support, she was once again spotted posting sex ads, exposing her entire nude body, doing unspeakable acts. Detectives are back at work trying to locate her, but we want to highlight how real this problem remains. Then they're going on to say SB 1322 which is the decriminalization of childhood prostitution, has once again proven itself ineffective, leaving our young ones exposed to unspeakable horrors. This is a devastating blow and a letdown that we cannot accept. Despite our collective outrage, it appears that our lawmakers have let us down in safeguarding our children. Now, they have it, they have it right on the mark here because SB 1322 essentially affirms that there is no such thing as a child prostitute. Now, Clint, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. You know, that, that Senate bill that came through, that, or, yeah, SB 1322, it's it's something that once again ties law enforcement's, law enforcement's hands and how they can take any criminal action in reference to the uh, loitering with intent. And it's something that not only affects juveniles, but it affects adults, too for that realm of prostitution and the human trafficking side of things. And, and there's, there's this misconception that, you know, there, these, these females are just victims of human trafficking. And, and, and it is true. There's a, a large majority of them who are victims of this human trafficking. And they're so brainwashed to think that it's okay to do this. But there's a lot who aren't as well. So in, in decriminalizing that, it ties law enforcement's hands in how we can make contacts and to go through that. It's like dealing in, and I'm not trying to correlate the two as one and the same, but it goes down the same lines as the homeless population. You know, it's your right to be homeless. It's your what they're saying now is it's also your right to be a prostitute if you want to, whether you're 16 or not. And people are upset about law enforcement's response to it. But the reality is, it's not law enforcement who writes these laws. We're just tasked with enforcing them. So how can I force a 16-year-old 
to come with me to the station so I can provide her resources unless she's reported missing or unless she's, you know, I identify who this individual is to be able to send her to a uh, group home or to back with her parents. Like there's nothing I can do to force her to remove her constitutional rights to get into those resources. So it's, you know, there's a lot of people who said, oh, it takes 270 contacts with a homeless person before they decide that they might want resources, which the recidivism is is extremely high is once they finally accept those resources, they don't like the rules in place with it as well. So they go back to living that lifestyle. If this person doesn't want to come off the streets and we have no criminal action to to proceed against them, like what's going to prevent them from going back out there? It's like you're in school and you have, you're disrupting the class and the teacher just goes, well, you know, I can't do anything about it. So it just happens. Or you say, no, stop that. And then it just, the bad pattern of behavior continues because you, there's no, there's no action that you can take to stop it. You brought up a great point in reminder, actually, of how we only know what we know. You and I, Clint, we recently went to a birthday party and going in and out of the house, there was a female who had a little baby and I knelt down and I'm I'm looking at the little baby, cooing at it, how cute, like all the things you would do to a new mom with a baby. And I, I look up at the mom and I ask if I can hold the baby And I realized that there's something wrong with the mom. She was like crying and she looked sad. And she gave me a a really snotty remark and how she replied to me and said, well, if she'll let you, like she was just not having it. Like she really didn't give two fucks. And I I pause and I look at her and I ask if she's okay. And she says, I just have a bad headache. And then she like goes to lay down. And it was very inappropriate and strange because she Why'd you give me that look just now? No, it absolutely is because, I mean, you're in a a person's house that you barely know. Yeah, and and it was strange because she was like all curled up and like it was her house, exactly like that, like it was her house. So I said, okay, well, do you you want like some Tylenol or some Motrin or something? And again, well, I I guess, like, like I'm her mom and she's getting a little attitude with me. So I go into the kitchen and I wash my hands and I was looking for the, the something for her headache and then I hear her sister come up to her and she says, oh, so are you going to the strip club tonight to strip? And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, this is a six-month-old baby. This chick clearly has something going on with herself. And the whole thing just seemed, I grew up in a very um, a very sheltered home. I grew up in a very classy home. I grew up with morals and values. And, you know, for anybody who says there's not nothing wrong with strippers, like I have a, we've talked about this in length of how um, there is a big problem with, with these types of things. And so I just found it very strange, but I, I also know that her sister is also a stripper. And so having them create their own type of world, their own type of environment, like it's, it's something you can understand. Not that I think it's right, but it's something that you can understand how it's created. Yeah. And it's something that it's, you grow accustomed to it. That is their reality and that's all they know. And how do you change someone's mind out of that reality? 
if they don't want to, or they don't know anything different. And that goes into the whole realm of the child prostitution and the 16 year old who is back on the streets, you know, working them to make money. She's being influenced by these outside sources that they, they buy her nice things and, and treat her better than she's ever been treated per se. And, it just it's a snowball effect and and that's comfortable to them she's getting bought things that she thinks is nice because it's nicer than what she's used to and i'm saying that because i'm thinking about all those success stories and you and i recently went to a jolly roll concert and you, you probably don't know this but the backstory of his wife she's absolutely beautiful is that she used to be um like a call girl in vegas and like a high-end call girl. So essentially the same thing, right? Living that lifestyle, making that money, and everything else that comes al- along with it, like the sex, drugs, and rock and roll kind of thing. And so people always tell Jolly Roll that like she is a gold digger. The only reason she's with him is because she wants his money. And he's had to explain on countless interviews that like he was actually the gold digger. Like she was the one making the money before he came up in the reality of, of what he did. And I, th- I think it wasn't until that transition of him getting so big and becoming so successful and then so financially well off that she stopped that lifestyle because he introduced her to something that was better than what she, she had to begin with. So I think a lot of the time it needs to be this type of like pulled interjection of, of said female being taken out of that environment so much to the extent to where she's in something too grand to ever turn back on. Yeah, I think that is is key key with all this and and you know and and sucks to is these nonprofit organizations who are out there to help these girls it's they're they're doing great work a lot of them truly are but for the most part if they don't align their own morals within that that individualized person if says i have these rules in place and these worked for 10 girls before you. And if if that one girl doesn't want to align with those those rules, she's going to go off and do her own thing. It's being able to adapt and, and analyze every given person. Yeah. So I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. I hope that you bring awareness to Senate bills such as this 1322, even if you don't live in California, and understanding that this is probably coming to a town near you. If you have gotten any value, do us a favor, drop a review, subscribe down below. And as always, know that I'm sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours.